thanks for joining us. Um, I'm here with John and Nikki Baptiste of the Baptiste Realty Group today. And first of all, I want to thank you guys so much for being willing to come in and share with us a little bit about yourselves and who you are and, you know, your, your story. So with that being said, would you guys mind just telling me a little bit about who you are? Nikki, let's start with you. <laughs> well, thank you for having us. Um, well, I have been um, here in Texas for, gosh, almost 19, 20 years now. Okay. Um, I moved out here because John proposed, so that's how I wound up in Texas. Where were you before that? I was in Alabama. So, okay. Um, so I moved out here. We got married, and I was in the corporate world for quite a little while. What did you do in the corporate and world? And I was at Lockheed, and okay. I was out there about 10 years. And then um, I guess just to start my real estate career, well, my real estate life started when I was in high school. Uh -huh. And I was working with a, I guess a, what you would call a boutique brokerage in Huntsville, okay. Alabama in high school. And really? then I went to college and moved away. And then, of course, I went back to Alabama, of course. Just job took me from Alabama to Georgia, back to Alabama, and then... I met him, so I worked in real estate for about five years, but I wasn't licensed, I was just uh, helping them in the office. So I always knew I would do real estate, I just wasn't sure how I would come back around to it yeah. at some point, so. So how did you get connected with a boutique real estate brokerage in I, high school? I was, had finished all my credits and okay. didn't need to be at school all day and was taking <laughs> business classes and they were like, you should do this and I knew um, their daughter at high school, she was a year older than me, and she was like, my parents are looking for someone to come and help. And I said, okay, sure. And it would apply toward my high school credits. And that was how I wound up over there. Really? And yeah, it was just the journey of my life, I guess. It just happened. So, so what initially got you interested in real estate? I liked working. I saw how they were working with the people. And I said, I want to do that. And I enjoyed pulling together the paperwork they needed because I would get them ready for their tour of homes and, of course, interacting with the people that came into the office. It's much different now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I always knew. I was like, one day I'm going to get my real estate license and do this because it was something that interested me as far as the flexibility. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I might have a family one day. Yeah. And I knew that I could do well because I just thought that the way I worked with people was, you know, it would just, I think it would just benefit both sides. So that was, okay. it just worked out. <laughs> All right. And John, tell me about yourself. Hey, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, Scott, <laughs> thanks for having us too. Um, I've been in Texas 20 years. I came, what, 2000. Okay. Yeah, makes 20 years. Moved here from Connecticut. All right. So. The weather's a little different here than Connecticut. The heat. <laughs> the heat almost sent me back the very first year I was here. Matter of fact, it almost sent me back the first month. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you moved here in what month then? May. Oh, good month to move here. May. But it, it, <laughs> it, it, it tricked me because when I would go to work in the morning, it was nice and cool. And then as the evenings went on, I was used to 7, 8 o'clock in Connecticut. If, it were, if the temperature got to be 100 by 8 o'clock, it would drop down. Everyone yeah. would come out, be nice and cool. Yeah. Texas wasn't like that. It just stays hot. Yeah, stays hot. Until about October. Till forever, <laughs> it seemed like. <laughs> so that's, that's what brought me here. Okay. Um, fell in love with the state, though, the people, the attitude. And then I met Nikki on a business trip and convinced her to come out here. Okay. So. 
So you met Nikki on a business trip in Alabama. In Alabama. In Birmingham. Okay. In yes. Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So yes. what did you do before this? I worked for a company that handled a lot of the um, sponsorship marketing for college sporting events. Mm-hmm. So I did that for what ten over ten years, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. So. It was over ten years. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you guys obviously got married. You have a family. We got married, yeah. but he was traveling a lot, and so I was here by myself. Um, I moved out here and knew no one. Okay. Um, I almost went back. <laughs> <laughs> he almost sent me back. <laughs> uh, so while he was traveling a lot, I just decided to get my real estate license. So I would leave work and go and sit in class until 10 o'clock at night and did that. And it was just a slow process. I wasn't in a hurry. And then I got licensed. And I guess after that, uh, I decided to go part time. Okay. And I was actually uh, with Keller Williams in South Lake. But then I we started our family about six or seven years after we got married, so I kind of fell back from that a little bit. And yeah. so then after all of that, and we decided, okay, well, it's, you know, it's, it's too much being away from home, and the corporate hours were just really long, so it just worked out. And so I came back in 2013 okay. full-time, and yeah. it's just been just like a rocket so it's been good <laughs> so what has real estate been able to do for y'all and your family well it again it was more about me Dawn was still working full-time for another company at the time that I came back full-time and it was more because the children were still quite young and I yeah. really wanted to be there with them you know uh, as far as field trips and things like that so it was just really important to me especially when they were really really young and um, I guess about, was it three or four years ago? I mean, things were just crazy for me. And I jokingly said to him, you need to get your license so you can help me. <laughs> she, she wanted me to just open doors. I didn't know if That's he would really it do it. Starts. I didn't know if he would really do it. So, and then, so here we are. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. All right. So. And you started opening doors, and that obviously transpired into other things. And and what is the what is the path kind of look like from you guys since then? Well, for me, actually, I never did. Open I was going to say he never opened doors. <laughs> that was he that didn't. wasn't my idea. Okay. I, I when she asked me to get licensed, I did it pr- on my time, which was um, online because mm-hmm. it was more convenient. And she was like, "You should go to Champions, get the, take the classes, and it'll be faster." But I was doing it on my time, basically. So mm-hmm. um, from the point that I got licensed, you know, I kind of tricked her into switching brokerages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, but the whole time she kept telling me, you know, you should start with Keller. You should start with Keller. And she she basically let me guide that train off the track. <laughs> and then that brought us back. Yeah. So um, now we're here. We're here. For well, the I'm term. I'm back, and you're here. Yes, she's <laughs> back. She's back. I'm here. I think it was the best thing for us um, going forward. I mean, I've I've got a lot of plans, goals. Um, I want our team to sell a hundred units. So tell me, tell me about that. What what brought you guys to decide that that was 
the goal that you're going to have and and what does your path forward look like in order to make it happen well my goal my, my reason for the goal is financial mm-hmm. I mean let's not I'm not going to beat around the bush about that yeah. I, I do enjoy helping people mm-hmm. um, I've been in the business of working with people and helping them achieve their dreams so um, for me to for us to reach that goal allows us to you know hit some of the, the goals that we want personally and then for our children so yeah. that's really the big thing for me um, <clears throat> and what I'm doing to get to that point is a lot of prospecting. I mean, yeah. pure and simple. I'm doing a lot of prospecting. So what does your prospecting look like? My goal is 200 calls a day. Okay. 200 cold calls. Calling, right. um, I'm targeting neighborhoods not too far from where we live mm-hmm. that I know that there's a lot of activity. I'm also calling old expireds. I don't call the new expireds because I don't want to just be you know, which one am I today? You know, yeah, yeah. That type of thing. Um, and then also, I have a list that I really haven't touched yet, but of um, absentee owners, mm-hmm. especially with everything that's going on. Oh, yeah. You know, there may be some owners that have a need to have to sell. So so when you say that you're going back and you're calling expireds, how far back are you normally going when you make those calls? When I start calling expireds, I look at... Okay, so if this is July 1st, I want to call the expires from May going back. Okay. You know. Uh, one of the, a buddy of mine uh, taught me that if you're going to go and call expires, not only do like three months prior, mm-hmm. but also go and look at the same time a year ago and right. call those people because chances are there was something that was motivating them to sell at that point in time. And those are the people that everyone else is not going to focus on at all. Just like those people three months ago. I mean, right, right. those people who call expireds, okay, what's the list this morning? Let's call them and, and you know, everyone else and their mom is calling those people too. Exactly. But they've exactly. definitely forgotten about the three months ago and they've for sure forgotten about those people a year ago. And many times, you know, people have circumstances for why they chose to sell their home and, you know, maybe it just didn't work out at that point in time and those circumstances may be different now and they still need to sell their home, but... Uh, it's always an opportunity. So, mm-hmm. uh, 200 calls a day. That's 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 admirable. And how is that going for you every single day? I've probably averaged about 147. What I'm looking at now. Okay. Because there are some days when I might not make 200 calls, mm-hmm. but I've made good contacts with people. Yeah. yeah. So, the time, you know, there's been days when the first hour I'll make 100 dials and only speak to one person. Yeah. And that actually happened more calling expires. Mm-hmm. But when I started to do the geo farming, I mean, I, I could make 30 calls and speak to six people. Yeah. You know, because they're not expecting me to call. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and when I tell them, hey, you know, what, what's your thoughts on, because I'm calling one neighborhood in particular where there's a lot of what Nikki and I have been calling house swap. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're, it's, it's still a developing community where they're still building. Mm-hmm. So people in the first phase have actually sold their homes and moved to the second phase. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm calling those folks like, hey, people in the neighborhood are they're flipping houses, you know, going from one part of the neighborhood to the next. And they're like, oh, yeah, really? You know, and I've actually spoken to three people that said, 
we're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and like I said, they weren't expecting a call, so they answered the call. Yeah, exactly. So, so what is it, actually, what do you believe, uh, how do you believe the COVID-19 is affecting our market? Have you guys seen anything? Um, do you, I'll say that... I know some people that have done really well during this um, pandemic, um, and I know that it's been slower for others. Um, I'll say that when John came, you know, on board with me, we agreed that he was going to do more of the cold prospecting, as you call it, and I would keep in touch more with the people that I've already done transactions with. So I'm reaching out more because most of my business was purely referral based, and I got several leads just calling people during. during the initial outbreak just calling to say hello are you okay um how's it going do you need anything you know um we need to drop you off some water or toilet paper or whatever but um I will say that it's, I think it's just depending on, we didn't want to be insensitive to people because this was something that he and I discussed. So we actually, I mean, we talked about this and we decided we would kind of fall back just a little from calling strangers because we didn't want to see some people may have lost their jobs or may have been ill. I know just last week I was reaching out to some people in, in the database and they actually are sick now and it's, July, you know, so you would have thought, oh my gosh, it's when did this happen? This happened spring break. And now people are still, or just getting sick or just recovering. I mean, I spoke to two people last week. So it's just, you know, like I said, some people have done really well with it. I think we did one or two open houses and we had some things. We had some closings, right? When we had closings started. and then we had some open houses, but we w- we waited with, you know, the way that the Dallas County or Tarrant County were um, instructing us to move accordingly. So, again, I just think we personally as a team were just trying to be sensitive to, yeah. you know, people's um financial and personal situations, you know, depending on illness or job wise or whatever. So, yeah. And I would say if, if I had to do it over again, I still believe that um, taking a route of not being aggressively calling was the right thing, but I probably would have still made some more calls, <laughs> but on the lines of, Hey, you know, I'm stuck in the house just calling people because I'm stuck in a house, you know, just yeah, yeah. how are you doing? You right. know, exactly. and, and even though I don't know these people, um, at that time, I guess a lot of us probably were, would have been happy just to get a phone call from anybody, yeah. you exactly. know, like, yeah, I'm in the house and I'm going crazy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, my kids are driving me crazy. I didn't know I was married, you know, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think it was weird to call, like he said, strangers, whereas I was reaching out to, like I said, former clients so they were very receptive and happy to hear from me and I know one lady that I haven't even done a transaction with referred me to a family member and things like that so we just kind of had to wait for things to slow down you know um I was still we were still previewing doing home tours but only on vacant properties we weren't trying to go into people's homes we didn't know you know if how people were going to feel about it and there were notes in the system saying whether or not you know they were even allowing it but I wouldn't say we stopped we just kind of pulled back a little we just took our foot off the gas we coasted without you know (laughs) that was pretty much i guess how i would describe it so so in this business what do you believe it is that makes people extremely successful 
I definitely you gotta have people skills. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Um, Tell me a little more about that. When you say people skills, what what do you mean? Well, I think it, and John has often said this to me that, you know, people are not necessarily working with your the company, they're working with you. Yeah. And so I personally just know from the referrals that I've received that people obviously feel like I'm honest and I'm a good communicator. So they come back to me or send people to me. So I think that is the first and foremost thing is that you've got to have people skills. You You definitely have to have that. So after that, I think if you mesh and you click, then it works. And if you don't, you know it right off and you can either refer them or, you know, wish each other well and <laughs> best of luck. <laughs> move, move on. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, yeah. I would add to that, you know, that is people do business with people that they like. Right. You know, so that's the main thing. But you also have to treat it like for some people, they may have to get it into their mind and that this is a job you know it's your business but the freedom that it allows people is often too much so I look at it from the perspective of if you treat it like you were basically getting paid if someone said that they were paying you to do this you would probably work a lot harder yeah you know and you just have to get your mind around the fact that this is a business and you have to treat it as such. Yeah. You know, the freedom cost, mm-hmm. as they f- say, freedom's not free. Exactly. There's <laughs> nothing free about it. No, yeah. not at all. So you have to put in the time, um, you know, make those connections with people. And that's, that's really speaking to people and talking to people and letting them know. I, they used to say all the time when we first got here, don't be a secret agent. And I think that's so true. You just, have to let people know and for me I know just based off of some of the businesses I've been involved in in the past one of the hurdles that I had was getting past the perception of who other people thought I was prior to this yeah you know so to now say I'm doing this and not worry about them saying well well I thought you were doing that you know because this when I signed on to do this with Nikki I was like okay this is my last hurrah and I'm going to make the best of it. <laughs> so i get another question for you, John. With making 147 contacts on average every single day that you're here, how do you keep yourself inspired and motivated? Some days it's tough. <laughs> he, he listens I mean, to a lot of podcasts okay, that are yeah. very motivational yeah. for him. He starts the morning off. I can hear that in the bathroom sometimes. That Well, I... I on the way in, it takes me about 20 minutes to get here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to a lot of Tony Robbins. Okay, great. Um, um, I listen to Tony Robbins. I listen to a lot of Grant Cardone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for negotiating, I listen to Chris Voss, who wrote a great book that I love. And But just to get in here, sometimes you just have to say to yourself, you got to pick up the phone. I mean, you just yeah. got to pick up the phone. It's either... Do I pick up the phone or do I go mop floor somewhere? Or, you know, you, you, you got to tell yourself something that says, all right, picking up the phone is 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 better than having a, the alternative of doing something else or not being able to win because you won't pick up the phone. So for those people who have hesitation to doing those activities, what would you tell them? Well, I would tell them first you have to conquer the, the fear in your own mind. And it's it's really not as bad as people think you know it's i 
I'm trying to think. I can't even really think of an instance where I spoke to someone and they were just like, blah, 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 and hang up on me or <laughs> say something that was just so rude that it was, you know, I, I can't even say that there's something like that. So that I think people just have to try it. I mean, make a few calls, not a hundred. And, and if you make a hundred dials, like I said, you, you're not going to speak to that many people anyway, yeah. because in today's world with a cell phone and mm -hmm. high and everything else, People don't answer the phone. Yeah. You know, so you get a lot of that. But if you're calling and I do use scripts, but also for someone who's who wants to cold call, you can't just sound like the script. You have to practice the script. You know, like they say, internalize the script. So it's you're you're saying a script, but it doesn't sound like a script. Yeah. You know, you're having a conversation, but the conversation is based off of the script. Yeah, you see, I think that's one of the biggest uh, misconceptions that people make about scripts is, well, I'm going to sound like a robot. Yeah, you absolutely are if you, if read, you read it read. off the page. Mm -hmm. Right. Yet, the whole reason that scripts were created were so that in a conversation that you and I are having, just a natural conversation, you may say something, uh, John or Nikki, and it's going to prompt me to be like, oh, wait. I remember what I'm supposed to say here, right. or I have I have a way to overcome this. That's what mm -hmm. the scripts are for. It's mm -hmm. not just for that to be the entire conversation. There's going to be detours and things like that that you take along the way, mm -hmm. but it's to get people back on track to where you want to lead them. Right, ex yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay, so what would both of you ultimately like to be remembered for? <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I've... <laughs> I would, I would like to be remembered as being helpful. Okay. Um, but in what way? Well, I know that um, when I first, well, I guess when I came back, um, there were a group of people that were here with me that most of them are gone now. But um, I just remember we all kind of helped each other, and I remember feeling like. Um, it's a good feeling to know that I could just call anybody or there are certain people I could call and they were always going to be very helpful towards me. And I liked that. So if someone is um, a newer, especially a newer agent that's looking for an answer and there's someone not available or something like that, I just want to be able to answer their question or help them. That's all. And I just think that it it makes the world a nicer place if you could just, you know, be nice and help. <laughs> and you know, not expect anything in return, so to speak, but just be able to help them because they'll remember that more than anything, you know, that you were helpful to them. And I just, I remember people doing that for me. So I just want to be able to do that for other people. Okay. So being helpful. Yeah. Well, I would have to piggyback on that. I mean, it's, it's a good feeling to know that, you know, you, you can help, like I said, help people achieve their dreams at the same time. If you're pushing them up, you know, other people should be pushing you as well, you know, and <clears throat> for the people at KW Fort Worth to know that, hey, you know, this team is here and, and we're not just here for ourselves, we're here for everyone that's here. You know, we, we want, we don't, I don't want to say that I just want Baptiste Realty Group to succeed and be successful. I want this whole office, the market center, to be successful so that when people walk out of here, 
they feel good knowing that the team that they're on is something special. Yeah, I love that. So how do you, you know, with real estate, um, they, it's kind of tough sometimes, I think you guys would probably agree, to have your private life and your business life because you're on all the time. So how do you blend your business life with your private life in real estate? Hmm. Um, Probably tougher for her than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say that I'm still learning how to do that. Um, I had some exposure to it, I guess, like I said, when I worked with the the boutique brochure, it was a husband and wife team, and I'm not sure if I can say who they are, but they are, it's Nancy and Richard Van Balkenberg in Huntsville, Alabama, and I watched them interact with each other, and I always wondered if I would be able to do that, you know, and I, I mean, they work together, they live together, they eat, they sleep, everything was together, um, of course, with the occasional separation of appointments or whatever sure. meetings, so, um, so I, I personally feel like I'm still adjusting. <laughs> to that um i don't think we talk about work all the time when we're home because we try to give the children the, our daughters the time too so you know there are moments where we go and do things but of course if the phone rings and we have to do something then they understand you know it's i i don't know i think i think i told you john this story we went to see my mother and her husband was it last year or two years ago? And my our daughters were playing at my mother's house and they were playing like they were realtors. <laughs> and my mother just thought it was hilarious. And they were telling her, yes, come in. And they were acting like they were on tour and <laughs> telling her the price. Oh, that's awesome. And my mother was like, do you see them in here? And it's just funny what you your children will pick up as they're just watching and you've exposed them to certain things. So I think that they you know, as, even as young as they are, they understand that, you know, mommy and daddy are working, but at the same time, you know, this is, we, you know, our personal life and our work life are still, you know, in the same bubble. <laughs> They're just all together. So I don't know that we could actually separate them unless we made an official, we're not going to talk about this between this time and this time. But I think even last night we were lying in the bed, you're going to go to sleep. And I said, did you respond to this? <laughs> was I not? Yeah, I mean, it was like 10 o'clock, 1030. And he was like, well, just tell her. And so we're, we're just in, literally in the bed and I'm working. So I don't know how to, I don't think there's ever an escape from it really. Yeah. So. But it, you know, when, when you enjoy doing something, it, it doesn't feel like work, you know, not you know, people say that all the time. Well, if you do what you love, then you're not working. Yeah. I mean, there are days when it is work. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Overall, if you're enjoying it, you know, to have the conversations outside of normal business hours. I mean, it's just all part of it. You know, I, I heard actually I heard um, Gary V say this morning on his podcast that, you know, people say to him, well, you're doing all this work. You work, 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 and they're saying that they like to go skiing, you know, they, they for their break. And he's like, well, I don't want to ski. I like working. Yeah. What I do is what I like. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you really like what you're doing, you find ways to to bring your personal life into it where, you know, you're fulfilled all the way around. I love that. So here's my final question for you guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and kind of share your story a little bit. Um, for those people out there who maybe, you know, 
haven't seen the success that they desire to have yet in our business, what piece of advice would you give them? Um, I would say because everyone's looking for this, and John and I have talked about this too, this golden key, right, that they think is going to unlock this door and this coins are going to flood down on them from heaven. <laughs> um, you've got to find your own niche, what works for you. And it. I think even just over this past year, we have basically gotten into our groove. We figured out what works for us. Um, you know, I work the referrals and the people from the past and database. He works the cold, the new, the new expires and fizzbells and whatever. So and then, of course, the open houses and all of that. I had a, a, a of course, before COVID, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there were certain things that I did, you know, and I think you just have to find that. If cold calling is your thing, then that's what you need to gun and do. If, you know, um, door knocking is your thing, then that's what you need to do. If open houses are your thing, then that's what you need to do. Um, if Facebook or social online marketing is your thing, then that's what you need to do. And you've just got to figure it out which one it is. So that's what I would tell people. Um, I'm not sure what. Well, I mean, it, it, I agree. And it's just once you, you, you've tried different things, you see what works best for you or, you know, mm -hmm. if you know your personality enough, you know what you're best at or good at. And just to go out there and do it and to get past the fear. I mean, and I think that's what so many of us, because, I mean, we're still, I mean, I said 100 units. We're not near that, but that's the goal. And 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 I have to keep saying to myself, okay, it, we're going to take it in steps. You know, eat the elephant one bite at a time, but that's the goal. And there's fear associated with trying to reach that, for even saying that, to say it out loud, you know, I want to do 100 units. And then people are like, mm, yeah, right, sure. Or whatever they want to say. But to go out there and put forth the effort and get those little wins so that every day that you can find a little win to keep moving you forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, and in, uh, reminded of a picture that I saw the other day where it shows uh, people growing and, uh, and reaching further and higher to their goals. And then it shows all the other people standing uh, behind them uh, pulling them down on the uh, from the mountain saying well how come you don't think what you have is good enough or uh, shouldn't you shouldn't you be grateful for what you have and you know that's not what it's all about I mean mm -hmm. we're, we're called as individuals to be greater than uh, than we are now and and by us doing that it gives people inspiration uh, for where they're at in their lives so that they can look at us and say I want to do that right and when we can when we reach down to those people who have been looking at us saying why are you doing this uh, there's no point uh and we pull them up with us i mean that i don't know about y'all but that's mm -hmm. what makes well, me feel really good mm -hmm. for, it, it's funny that you say that because i in somebody's podcast i heard pretty much the same thing and that the people pulling you down sometimes most of the time it's the people closest to you mm -hmm. you know so Sometimes you've got to say, I love you, but I might have to love you from a distance. Yeah. And a lot of time that's mom, dad, you know, spouse, you know, brother, sister, your closest friend. Because ultimately, sure, people like look at them. I see somebody successful, but they become insecure if you, their friend, brother, sister, they think that you're going to a level that it's going to be so far past them 
that for some reason that that relationship now will change because you've moved on past them financially. Well, and you know, to your point, John, uh, you saying that about family, I mean, uh, my mom was one of those people, and I mean, we've had this conversation before, so it's not like I haven't had it. <laughs> right. Um, but her whole thing, when I graduated from high school, I, I wanted to go into real estate right out of high school, okay? I didn't because uh, my mom said, you know, wouldn't you rather just go get a job mm-hmm. that pays you a salary and you don't have to worry? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I let that limiting belief become my limiting belief for a right. while. And I went and got that job and yep. I went to college. Yep. And and then I realized that if I truly wanted to achieve the things in my life that I was going to want to achieve, it was not going to be in that job where I got a salary every single month. It was going to be doing other things yeah. that ultimately led me, led me past that. So you're totally right. It's usually those people who are closest to us who are mm-hmm. going to say, gosh, you know, maybe you should rethink that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I believe, John, it's because uh, they, they're they afraid that we're going to be a different person. Right. They're afraid that we're going to, that we're going to change. And also sometimes it's the, the failure, the failures they experienced, yeah. you know, they start to project, well, I tried for a dream once and it didn't work. Yeah. And I don't want you to go through that pain. Mm-hmm. You know, although they're not saying that they're saying it in a different way. Well, and, you know, to your point as well, like, uh, for sale by owners and, and expires in this industry, a lot of people look at them and say, oh, I called one of those once. It didn't go well. Right. Uh, okay. You, you called them once. Called once. And you called one. And it right. didn't go well. Now, there are people out there who truly want help. It's just like, uh, you know, uh, let's say that you're going to go to Best Buy and you're going to buy a TV, obviously, when the stores open back up. But you knew that you were going to buy a TV and you walk in the door and the person comes up and greets you and says, is there anything that I can help you with? Our basic human reaction is... No, I'm just looking. Right. Even though we know darn well we're looking there to something. buy a TV. <laughs> and then who ends up getting the sale for that TV? The person who is standing closest to it at that point in time. Right. Yeah. Real estate is no different. Right. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, well, I appreciate you guys uh, joining me today. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Just have a wonderful thank day. You. Thank we'll you. We'll see you soon. Thank All right. You. Thanks so much. <laughs>